0: Day trip to Iassos With a good weather forecast, in fact it turned out to be a glorious sunny day in mid-December, we decided to go on a trip that we have been promising to do since the summer, when the temperatures were too hot. With friends Pete and Liz, we set off across the mountains to Iassos, which can be found on the Aegean coast in Koyakushladyuk, about 30 kilometers from Milas, and across the bay from the harbour of Guluk. But first, as we always do, we stop for a cup of chai. The settlement of Yasos arose on what is today a rocky peninsula, or Isthmus, about 900 metres long and 400 metres wide, but rising some 80 metres above the sea. The Isthmus had two harbours, one small on the west, and a larger one on the east. The west slopes are steep, while the eastern slopes go down to the sea more gently. Therefore this side of the Isthmus had a larger settlement. On the summit of the Isthmus there was once the Acropolis of Iassos but it is now occupied by the fortifications of the 12th-13th century Byzantine settlement. These are attributed to the Knights of Rhodes which at one time ruled over the area. The inhabited sector was surrounded by a wall first built in the 4th century BC. However, there have been many rebuilds over the years and most of the structures to be seen today date from the late Hellenistic, Roman, Byzantine and post-Byzantine periods. At the foot of the west slope is the Agora, a great central square which was surrounded by the most important buildings during the Roman times. It is here that we started our visit through the ticket office, where we paid the now common fee of three lira, about one pound fifty to get in. We entered through a huge Byzantine arched gate into the area of the Agora. We turned first to our right and then d- entered the Bouleterion. This was the meeting hall for the local municipal council known as the Boule. It is one of the best surviving buildings in Iassos. The original building was probably started in the 4th century BC, but the present structure dates from the 1st century AD. The function of the building changed over the years, and it was also used as a small theatre, as it has a classic amphitheatre shape. During the period of Hadrian, the façade of the Bouleuterion was embellished with decorations and stairs up to new galleries. From here we moved into the main area of the Agora. This is the main square of the city where the citizens would gather. The inscriptions found along the architrave on the east side of the Agora allowed it to be dated between 136 and 138 BC. Although some of the finds here date back to 3000 years BC. There were many columns with smooth marble shafts and Corinthian and Pergamene capitals. The walls were covered in marble, and there were many important rooms leading out from the square through all of the time periods, from the Hellenistic to Byzantine times. One large portico, or stoa, areas of decoration around the square, had a large slab of marble on which an archaic relief of a chariot and charioteer in a race, which dates from the 6th century BC. This has now been removed to the Museum of Milas, and so this immediately prompted yet another visit, which we would have to undertake, on a later date, and we shall talk about it in another podcast. In the centre of the Agora are the remains of a Christian basilica, which began as a small place of worship in the 5th century AD, and was extended in the 6th century. Many of the burials found there showed that the area had been in use up until the 15th century, After visiting other parts of this site including the area of Artemis Astias where a large statue of Dionysus was found we moved on up the hill to the section inside the east gate known as the Sanctuary of Zeus Megistos. In excavations various terracotta masks were found here that we were later to see at the museum in Milas. This area was dated from between the 5th and 1st centuries BC and was the sanctuary of the cult of Zeus, and included that of Hera as well in later years.
1: From here we moved up the hill to the theatre. Today only part of it survives. There is a mighty retaining wall, as well as rows of seats that were carved into the rock. At one time all of this was covered in marble, but this was taken away in 1887 to assist in the construction of the port of Constantinople. The mighty retaining wall, or analema, was made of ashlar blocks alternating with three rows of smooth blocks. The theatre is now all but filled in, but the seating areas can still be made out. The theatre was restored in Roman times. Many inscriptions have been found in this area, and the texts show the importance of this theatre in the Hellenistic times, during the public life of Iosos, who was the founder of the city. "'named after him. "'From here we walked around the theatre "'to the outside of the fortress walls "'and made our way over to the southern slopes of the Isthmus "'to some residential houses that still have mosaic floors. "'This is known as the House of Mosaics. "'There is still much to see here of the original floors, "'many of which are still complete with very little damage.' The floors have various designs and obviously show this house to be a major residence of some standing. It is thought to date from the 2nd century AD. There are surviving frescoes on the walls in many colours as well as the mosaic floors. The whole area is now preserved with a new roof to help protect it from the elements. After some time viewing these wonderful remains, we dropped down the south side to the sea level to see the Byzantine tower of the western port entrance. Then we followed the city walls along the coast inland, to the entrance again, and, as we had worked hard climbing over the various locations, we made our way back to the restaurant for a well-deserved meal, before returning via the Balak Pazar. The Balak Pazar was a name given to what is known to be a Roman mausoleum, dating from the 2nd century AD. It serves as a museum, which opened in 1995, with many of the larger artefacts from Iossus inside its arched walls. Inside, there is a small temple, as well as a portico with arcades on piers and many funerary artefacts, both from the mausoleum and from Iossus. Also, there are many of the statues and wall-reliefs excavated from Iasus, as well as altars and fonts from the Roman times, and marble doors and tombs. Outside the mausoleum, there are various amounts of red marble, from an ancient town on the hills of Chanukchuk Tepe. This marble was quarried from local quarries in the area, and the marble is known as Iasian or Carian Marble. The marble was important to Imperial Rome, and was exported to Rome itself, as well as North Africa and Constantinople. In the fields outside the mausoleum are the remains of an aqueduct, built in the first century AD, that carried water from 500 metres through the area, although the source of the water has not yet been identified. From here we headed back home, however, just a short way along the road, we stopped at the clock tower. This is the first ruin to be seen when entering the village of Kuyuk Ushujuk, but we had driven past it on the way in, as we always intended to visit it on our return home. It is only one kilometre outside Eosus and situated on the slopes of Chanajuk Tepe hills. The site is not a clock tower, despite its name, but in fact another Roman funerary monument. It dates from the late Roman imperial period and is similar to other graves of the period known as Tower, Podium or Ballad tombs. There are two rooms on top of each with Alcopula covering them. In all it was a long day and we headed home discussing our different views and ideas and what the Isthmus must have been like in ancient times. Certainly history of the area shows this city being conquered, rebuilt and conquered again and again, with the town razed to the ground several times, as well as being sacked by pirates and other warring armies, including the Romans. The whole area is sometimes better known as the Caria, and played a central part in the Greco-Persian Wars in 500 BC. It entertained many of the more well-known names of early times, including Alexander the Great in 325 BC, the King of Macedonia, Philip V, in 200 BC, and then various Roman emperors until the Byzantine period, and lasted up to 1071 AD. Then, a huge and bloody naval battle at Manzikert left the Byzantines with their worst defeat on the hands of the Seljuks, and ushered in the end of the Byzantine period and the start of the Seljuk period, which existed in various forms until the 20th century. A full collection of photographs of this day trip can again be found on Steve's Facebook pages. Search Steve Jakes in Turkey on Facebook and ask to become a friend of Steve to see these pictures. Also, the podcast is now available on iTunes. Open iTunes and go to the iTunes shop. Search for An East that's spelt A-N-I-S-T-E this should bring you to our podcast and you can subscribe from there if you wish of course this also means it will be easy for you to listen to us on your iPods as well